Well, it's time to release the young people for their journey with the Holy Spirit. So the young people are released to go to the children's ministry to come into a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's a journey. So... Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. Well, thank you so much for responding to our text and email that I wanted you all in good behavior this morning since we had new people coming to to show off a little bit here. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't you just love it the way God orchestrates? And uh, most of you haven't heard the whole story, but I'm going to make it real simple. There's a million cab drivers. There's a million cab drivers in New York. And the Lord picked Charles to come into relationship with us. So one out of a million, yeah, God orchestrated relationship. And what's wonderful, out of that comes the family. And then now we have Don and Sheila, which is awesome. You see, these are all eternal relationships. There's an orchestration in the heart of the Father. How many of you know that according to the Scriptures, there'll be a day that things become difficult and Jesus is returning? Well, he's establishing relationships for those times of difficulty. So don't be surprised. We may be entertaining angels. This may not be Don and Sheila. You don't know. Come on, come on. (laughs) Though I felt them, they do have physical bodies. But I'm so encouraged because as we were at the dinner table last night, and, you know, when you go to a a ministry and to another house, you want to make sure that you do all the things that are proper, and you want to make sure that you're both timely but also accurate. So Charles says, well, what's the Lord speaking uh, to you about what's taking place? And I said, we're not going to tell you. Because I said, what's inside of you, we need. So the word says that he will confirm his word by two or three witnesses. So I said, what will happen is is people are listening. And what you're saying, they're going to say, wait a minute, did pastor tell them about me? Or have they been reading my mail? No, it's the presence of the Lord. There's denominations that send out a program, and it's the same topic for every church in their denomination every Sunday, so they'll be unified. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is the only one that creates life and unifies his body through the power of the word of God. And so that, in turn, is where we have Charles. And I'm just going to finish with this, just so he'll be really, really humble before you. He forgot his suit at home. Come on, come on, let's hear that. Come on, come on. So he's a little nervous not having his suit on, but I think he's going to be okay. Because Paul spoke about being clothed from heaven. Come on. And that's the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. Say, come on, Charles. (laughs) We love you.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. I'm so humble to share it with you. I believe that I'm not qualified to stand before you and preach to you. I should have been sitting down and listening to one of you because you are great people. Hallelujah. But God sometimes takes the foolish things in the world to confirm the wise. Hallelujah. As a pastor, sometimes when you are invited to preach to place to a people who you have no clue what they think, what they perceive things, it's hard. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. We rely on the Holy Spirit to give us what we need at this particular time in our lives. Hallelujah. So through prayer, this is what God gave me. How do we pass on the faith that we have received from God? Praise the Lord. So passing on the inheritance of our faith. I was born and raised in the village where at that time in the 70s there were no electricity. There was no light. Hallelujah. From a very poor village. So poor that nobody owned a car, vehicle. That is where God started with me. That's where my journey of life started. I was born in a family that was so demonized that the demonic forces will not allow you to do any great thing in life. You can never marry properly. Properly means that like you have a beautiful maybe wife or somebody that you want to introduce your parents. The normal way of marriage was not there. And if you dare not to try to do it, these forces will come at you. Hallelujah. A cousin of mine tried it. She got married and she was pregnant for three years. Yes. Yeah. It's true. I saw it. I experienced it. One time in the night, when I was a little boy, I saw this woman with fire in her mouth coming to attack me. And at that same time, I saw this tall man with clothing in the white robe with fire 
and his eyes came to protect me that night. He stood by me all night and I saw the power in the protection of God. I experienced the divine protection of God. At the point in my life, during my childhood, I was so hungry. I prayed to God because there was no way I could get any food from anywhere. So, you see, life, when you don't have it, and your only source is God, that is where you see God. So, I prayed as I felt like walking down the streets. And as, was, as I was walking down the street, I saw money on the floor. A place that was, nobody was there, nobody was passing. And I took the money to buy some food. So, I saw the divine provision of God. I saw it. At the point in my life, I was so sick. It's not like today that you have doctors, you have insurance, you, you have to go here and you are, you, you'll be healed. I had to rely on God. I prayed to God and was instantly healed. Why am I saying all this? Now that I have come to this point in my life, through the grace of God, he took me from a village where there was no electricity, there was nothing. From there, he has brought me this far. I'm married. I have kids. Now these kids, they don't have to pray for food. They don't have to pray for protection. They don't have to pray for healing. They have insurance. They have doctors who will take care of them. How do I explain to them that I met this God somewhere in my life who has brought me this far and they have to fear him and serve him? How do you demonstrate that God exists to somebody who doesn't need him To somebody who doesn't need him for food. To somebody who doesn't need him for shelter. For somebody who doesn't need him for anything. But this God, it doesn't mean that the fact that you don't need him today doesn't mean that he doesn't exist. But I believe that we are all coming from generations. Somewhere, somehow, your dad, your ancestors, somebody met this God. And you are who you are today because he encountered somebody in the line, in the bloodline of your family. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This was the dilemma of Joshua. God took them from slavery, moved them through the wilderness. He saw God feeding them food coming from the heavens. He saw that. He saw God conquering all the giants the wilderness. He saw that. 
He saw the supernatural provision of God. He saw the healing power of God. But now he was about to die. How is he going to tell the people, the generation who didn't see that, so that they can pass on to the next generation? And he gathered them in the book of First. He gathered them in the book of Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. He said, now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord because it is him who has brought us this far. In the nutshell, he called them and explained to them, maybe you have come to that point that you don't need this God. For healing or for anything. But I want you to serve him because he brought us. We have a history as a generation. We have a history. This God encountered our ancestors, our fathers from, from the time where they couldn't do anything. The Bible said they cried unto God and God delivered them. Sometimes until you come to the point where you have tried everything, but you know that you need the supernatural power of God in order to change situation. That is where God is, can be seen. But this is the generation who are going to inherit the promised land. But many of them didn't know God. How do we pass on our faith? The Bible says that in Judges chapter 2, verse 10. It's so sad. So after Joshua has spoken to them, served this God, it is him. He reminded them of all the great things that God had done in their lives. In the lives of the ancestry, of the ancestors. And now that they have come to that point, that they may not need that God to bring manna from heaven again. Because now he has given them wisdom to create their own wealth. It doesn't mean that God does not exist. It doesn't mean that God does not do miracles. It does that God has brought you to that point that you don't need his miracle to survive. It doesn't mean that he's still not there. But you still continue to serve him. Because no matter what it is, he's still there. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says that when all the generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation rose after them who did not know the Lord or the work which he had done for Israel. It's a sad story. Joshua told his people, his generation, that God and reminded them all the good things that God had done. But the generation after him didn't know anything about God. Didn't know anything that God had done. And any generation who had no history of God tend to do anything anyhow. No moral standard. 
They just do whatever they feel is good for them. That is why you see secular humanism. Because that is the essence of the fact that God does not exist in their own life. So they find any way, anyhow, to worship themselves. Instead of worshiping the God who created all things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It was the same thing with David. He was the shepherd boy. God empowered him. Was able to conquer lions and bears. But now, as a shepherd boy, he was in the bush somewhere. But now God, through his mighty hand, transitioned him into the kingdom. To be one of the greatest kings in Israel. Now he was about to die. He called his son Solomon. He told Solomon, Solomon, I have served this God. I have seen his power. I have seen his might. I have seen his goodness. I want you to serve him faithfully. And to pass on. Hallelujah. So in the first, uh, first chronicle, chapter 28, verse 9, Say, as for you, my son Solomon, now the God of your father, you see, you must come to the point where you personalize God. If you want to introduce God to your son, if you want to introduce God to your generation after you, you need to personalize this God. This God must be your God for you to be able to pass on to somebody. So for you to be able to introduce him to somebody. You cannot introduce you somebody to somebody who you don't know. You cannot introduce God to somebody that you... You cannot introduce the God that you don't know to somebody. Hallelujah. So he said to know that the God of your father... He was talking about himself. He said, God is my father. God, your father, I want you to serve the God of your father. With loyal heart and with willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all intents of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. What is he trying to say? Say you must know God personally. And you cannot play tricks with this God because he knows the intents of everyone. You cannot play tricks with this God because he knows your thoughts. So serve him with a, with a clean heart. Serve him with a clean mind. witnessed him. I have served him. I know this God is real. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So how do we pass on our faith? How do we pass it on? John. First John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. So you could see that Joshua was very influential during his generation. 
his influence even sustained the next generation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This journey is about eternal relationship. It's not a temporal one. So we are not here to love God and just go. We need to pass it on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this is how John suggested to us. Give us a clue. He said, which, that which we, that which was from the beginning, which we heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have touched. Praise the Lord. We need to hear the message of Christ. But hearing is not enough. Yeah. We need to see. Seeing is not enough. We need to touch. We need to experience him. John is saying that for us to pass on to others, for us to pass on our faith to our next generation, for us to pass on our faith to our children, we have to see. We have to experience him. We have to have an encounter with him so that we know that what we are sharing is not a fairy story. This truth is powerful. It is not enough to be part of the church board. It is not enough to lead praise and worship. It's not enough. We need to know him. We need to have an encounter with him. Because when you have an encounter with him, I'm sharing this with you with a passion because of my encounter with him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when we have an encounter with him, and we know him, and we can, then we can witness about him to the generation that are coming. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, so John was saying that we need to know him. We need to see. We need to Whatever we have heard about him, we need to also see. And it takes a lot of things to see. It takes a lot of sacrifice to see. It takes a lot of, sometimes we need to go to places where we can see the miracles of God. Because, you see, sometimes, like I was saying, in generations, there are certain generations that uh, I call the generations that the, 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 the privileged generation. You are so privileged that you have everything. You don't have to pray for anything. But if you are born in a generation that they have to pray for something to happen, that is where they encounter God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, but Paul also take it further. That is not even enough to experience him. 
It's not even enough to see him. But he, he, he goes to further in, in, in Galatians chapter, chapter 4 verse 19. He said that my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. What is he saying? After Christ is formed in you, after you have seen him, after you have experienced him, after you have seen the power of God in your life, people, your children, your spiritual children, your neighbors, the people that you share the message, you should not stop laboring until you see Christ formed in their life. Until the faith Until Christ is formed in the person, you should not labor. You should continue to labor. I read a story about this couple who were in the church, been in the church for years. They read the same Bible, they sit in the same place for years. After some time, the woman died, the wife died. After the funeral, they didn't see the husband again in the church. So the pastor sent to inquire what was wrong with him. And they, when they saw him, he was drunk. And when they asked him, you are a Holy Ghost person. Why are you drunk? I'm not, I don't belong to those churches. I'm not a church person. It was my wife who forced me to go to church. Now that he's dead, I'm free. So he was going to church for 10 years. He was part of the board. He was serving. He was doing all these things. But in his heart, Christ was not formed. And people who depend on people, they are not real Christians. And today, so many of them are in the church. My point here is that we need to make sure the people that we witness to, Christ is formed in your hearts. David spoke to his son. He didn't listen to him in the beginning. He went to live his own life. All the women, money, everything. But because David told him that this God needs to be saved, the point in his life, he realized that life. Without God, life under the sun is meaningless without God. He became the preacher of the word. Hallelujah. What am I saying? We are all here today. Maybe you have not encountered God before. But you come to church. That's a good start. But be honest to God. And say, God... 
if you are real, I want to have an encounter with you. It is okay to come to church. It's okay to support what the church is doing. But this thing is real. It's eternal life. It's about eternal life. It's about eternal destiny. And we don't have to joke about it. We need to take it serious. And some of us that God has called us to witness about this faith, we need to make sure that the people that we witness to, we don't just leave them. We need to labor in prayer. We need to labor in fasting. We need to labor in the word until Christ is formed in their heart. Until Christ is formed in their heart. Until Christ begins to work their lives. We should not stop. Shall we lie down our heads? Thank you, Jesus. I want you to be sincere to yourself. As I was praying, the Lord showed me some kids. Not just, not kids, like teenagers, eh? close to 20. If you are here and you have children or grandchildren in their 20s, I want us to pray for them. want us to pray for kids between 17 and 25. If you are here and you have a kid or grand children, within that you can just come up so that we can we, we can do some um, stand in the gap to pray for them. Because I saw influence of this world trying to destroy their lives some of them go to church they are in church but in their hearts Christ is not formed and any time they have the opportunity out, out of the church they do the time to step up. This is the time to make sh- to demonstrate our faith. This is the time to stop playing games, to make serious, because to be serious with our faith. Because if this is true, it's eternal life. It's about eternal life. It's not about anything that we're going to end today is something that we need to pass on. Is there anybody here? Thank you, Jesus. Shall we all pray and let's all pray together for them?
And I believe that not just, okay, we're going to do this, but I believe that we should even look beyond that. Kids that are coming, we need to continually pray for them. Like I said, we need to labor in our prayers. But we also need to let them know Jesus loves them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. This is the time. We surrender unto you. You know the end from the beginning. You know everything that we are facing and the challenges ahead of us. We commit our children, O oh God, and grandchildren, and even our great-grandchildren into your mighty hand. We pray, oh God, that your hand shall continually be upon them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, oh God, that they will not wander from the faith. In Jesus' mighty name, that your heart, oh God, will be rooted in the power in the name of Jesus. Wherever they are, oh God, may you surround them with your angels. Protect them, oh God. Be with them, oh God. May your spirit, oh God, minister unto them. In the name of Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. I want us to declare that in Jesus' name, our children, our grandchildren will never walk away from the faith. We want to declare that in the name of Jesus, all the days of their lives, they will never walk away from the faith. May the Lord protect them. May the God heal them. May the Lord be, may our God be their God. May our God be their God. All the days of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can have your seat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. I hear the Lord saying, He's taking you from this level to the next level. From this level to the next level. Do not limit yourself. Because sometimes we are caught up with certain things. Oh, this is what I want to do. But God always, he always does different things. 
going to blow your mind because he's taking you somewhere. Allow yourself. Open your heart. Open your mind so that he can take you to where he wants to take you. Because this is the time. A time of advancement. A time of advancement is coming. And as church, you must open up your spirits. See, sometimes things that we don't know, we prevent it, even if it's coming from God. Because it's foreign to our mindset. We should allow God to take us to where he wants to take you. God said, I'm bringing healing to those who are sick. Healing to those who are sick. Because my healing power is here. My healing power is here. My healing power is here. It's time for you to receive your healing. He said, your healing will be a witness. The healing will be a demonstration to the world that are still healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He said, to you, I'm giving you a testimony. To you, I'm giving you a testimony. Your challenge, whatever you're going through, I have allowed you to go through so that by the time you get through, you have a testimony. And that testimony will change somebody. The Lord bless you with a warm welcome. I feel like home. Mr. Lenny, I love your family. I love your home. He sensed the freedom, the liberty that Christ died for. Sometimes when you go to church, you hear the word. You don't see the deeds. But I can hear and see and witness. This is a good place. God bless you. Come on, let's hear it. Come on, a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to give you an opportunity to bless them. We're bringing love offering because I want them to come back. Amen. And I know the offering isn't going to make them come back. But <clears throat> I want to sow in, um, as I told Charles and AK, that we would have an opportunity to speak with them tonight after Charles had said what God wanted him to say. As I told Don and Sheila, you know, none of this is by chance. Our relationships, these are all purposed in God to where we can have the opportunity. Um, the important thing is for us is bridging the generations. People look at us respectfully because we're older, but there needs to be the 50-year-old that relates to the 30-year-old, and the 30-year-old that can relate to the 20-year-old and the 17-year-old. And so... Um, I appreciate the willingness for them coming up 
but I'm really, really encouraged because Don and Sheila are here because they kind of uh, make Charles and those that are part of the ministry of pastors that are going out, it causes them to be accountable, which is <laughs> desperately needed today. Amen? So I value both Don and Sheila as well. So I want you just to take a good look at them. Yeah, you can stare at them for a minute. Let that be imprinted in your memory to pray for them. Because these divine connections, it's not association. These have to be fought for. You want to just be friends? We can just be friends. We can do that. Associate with one another? We can do that as well. Oh, I know, Don. Sure, I know, Sheila. Oh, yeah. But if we want kingdom of relationship, you've got to fight for it. It's like a marriage. To see them advance, to see that which God has in their life to advance. And that's why all of you are here. Even Charles, the young woman that we prayed for, who was healed from the fever that she had, her young daughter was bitten by a dog very severely over in, in, in the Philippines. And so, see, Charles is advancing. People in his lives are being affected by that. And so our prayer life and the places of prayer and fasting and the union, these things are all real. And so I just wanted to say, keep these before the Lord because that's where they need to be. Need to be before the Lord, challenged before the Lord, and allow God to do the inner part of that work inside. That then, as Charles was saying, and I just I spoke briefly last night. I'm going to give an account to what my eleven grandchildren have heard out of my mouth. I never want them to be able to say that my grandfather lied to me. And so, this is an opportunity for that which God has established to be real, to be intimate. Let that relationship, the things that God is pulling on your heart, that then all of us have got someone that looks to us. We can pass that seed, that seed of inheritance, because we've touched him. We've looked face to face with him. We've heard his voice. We've had that intimate calling, that knowing of that still, small voice on the inside. That's what's imparted and given because it's tangible and it's real. You can't fool a kid, they know. Amen? So if you've got something you can play, man, we'll just bring an offering before the Lord. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you for their willingness. Oh, okay, perfect. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh, we don't need music? Okay, then we're good. Hallelujah. We're good. Amen. Let's stand. Let's bring our offering. Come on. And if you want, it's Charles, and it's Ark, A-R-K-O-H, if you want to make it out in their name, or you can make it out to Praise Chapel. And we'll make sure they, we'll make sure they get it so they'll come back. All right. We bless you in Jesus' name. Father, we pray over this offering. Father, we are here to sow into the lives of this family that you have risen up by your spirit and brought forth. And, Father, we pray for the increase to come upon it and send them forth in their destiny and the things that you have them doing in the future now in Jesus' name. So just run up here and sow. Whatever you've got, sow seed. That's it. God's given you seed to sow and sow seed. Sow, sow, sow. We love to sow because when we sow, we get stuff. Uh, increase. Amen? It increases. So praise the Lord. Um, I just want to bless you.